Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. It is Thursday, September the 16th. Thursday. That means Norman Locke is in the house. Whoa. Thursday, week three of the college football season means there is a football game here in Lafayette tonight at Cajun Field, Louisiana taking on Ohio. I was waiting for another. Whoa. Uh, No, I'm, I'm pumped for the game today. Whoa. You're pumped. I tried to get Lynn to match me and, and paint ourselves to go to the game, but he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> What's the key to a paint job? You have to get the right paint. You have to get the right paint because I, I did it in high school one time, and I had the right paint, which was the purple, but my cousin had the wrong paint, which was the gold. And he had to soak in the tub for like four hours for the paint to start coming off. Man. It, it, you have to, really, it's... I, to me, it's not as much about color as the actual kind of paint you it's use. It's the kind of you paint, know. yes. You, yeah, you, the right you want to make sure you get paint that washes off once, man. Got one of my kids once. It was not that kind of paint. Of course, it was not that kind of party. She wasn't supposed to put it all over herself, and then it was like, poor thing, man. I mean, we just scrubbing away trying to get the paint off. It was, it was tough. I was peeling paint for a couple of days after that, too. Yeah, Bet you were. ESPN 1420. Uh, yeah. Scott Prade, the Norman Locke. Dr. Mag is going to join us around uh, 7.15. Got uh, old Ohio coming in tonight. The Bobcats? The Bobcats of the MAC. And uh, the Cajuns, last I checked, I think the betting line had Louisiana at minus 20. That's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Especially considering um, you're coming off of just a three-point win. Now, Again, you know, betting, it's just how the books think they're going to get the most action, not necessarily exactly what they think will happen, but it is currently now 20 and a half. Uh, Ohio, they've, you know, they're 0-2. They lost to Duquesne. Um, you know, they've, they've struggled a little bit uh, this year. They lost to Syracuse week one by 20. But I don't I don't think based on the way Louisiana's played through two weeks, you go in there feeling like, okay, yeah, things are – Things are, we, you know, by their all their own admission, they have not played up to their standard, as they have put it, right? Correct, and, I, and that's what I, I think going into this game. I looked at that line, I was like, there's no way that, it, you know, if the Cajuns cover that line, it's because the Cajuns are running on all cylinder, which we haven't saw as of yet, but hopefully they can get things on track tonight at Cajun Field. You got, uh, talking to Shane Vallow yesterday, what is it going to take to get you guys to play up to that? You know, what are you saying? He's like, you know, I, he's like, I don't know exactly. You can't put a finger on it. I don't think it's one thing, but you know, the preseason hype, the rankings, it's not that you, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't work as hard, but mentally, how do you compartmentalize that or just block it out and not buy into it? Cause it's not based on anything you've done this year. And I uh, said, you know, you buy into your hype a little bit and you know, it can catch you. So We'll see what the focus is. Short week coming out tonight. I talked to some of the former football players, uh, former Agent Cajuns, and they said that they, you know, somebody on the defense just has to hold everyone accountable. They, they, they said that they're waiting for that one person to emerge that's going to hold everyone accountable. And I think that's what we're missing from the defense because the, the lack of tackling has been killer um, for the Cajuns defense. And, you know, if it was a bunch of tackles that could have been wrapped up, I think the score for both of these last two games would have been a lot different. ESPN fourteen twenty. So with that, I mean, <clears throat> the run game as well. You know, that has not clicked yet. 
the way that it has the last couple of years. You're only two games in. Whether it be the NFL after week one, college football after week two, they're going to be overreactions. And they're going to be others where you feel in your heart like, yeah, I don't think this is an overreaction. Like this is there, – there is, there is something wrong here or there is something right here. What is your biggest – give me give me a couple. It doesn't even have to be necessarily one, but what's your biggest over and under reactions in your mind in the world of football right now? In the world of football right now, now my my overreaction is rookie quarterbacks no longer need to wait. They, they, they should just play. That's just what I'm seeing now. And with the amount of year one and year two quarterbacks that are playing in the NFL, I just think that the systems in college have caught up and the game is coming faster to these young guys. We're seeing – uh, younger quarterbacks get in and have instant success where in years of old, some quarterbacks set one to two to even three years behind a starting quarterback before they got any action. That's just something you you, you believe with your heart. Yeah. So not just, so much an, an overreaction to that comment as much as it's your reaction. It's, it's my reaction. Well, Tom Brady came out to speak on a, a little bit yesterday on a podcast saying I, it's just shocking that, you know, the world of quarterbacks that he's – have grown and known is completely different and the names that are popping up in the media. He's like, these are kids. I feel like you either at this point in time, you either have it or you don't. Yeah. Like why is, why not just start Justin Fields? No disrespect <laughs> to Andy Dalton, but like this idea of like, well, Aaron Rodgers, I know we can, you know, talk about his performance last Sunday if you want, but sure. right. he's been an amazing quarterback, multi-time MVP. Right. Oh, well, you know, he got to sit behind Brett Favre, who, by the way, let's remember, publicly said he was not his job to teach him anything. Correct. This idea that he he may not have been as good or, like, that that was some big part of it. You can't disprove it one way or another because you'll never know. But I don't I, – I personally don't buy, like, oh, well, he wouldn't have been the quarterback he was without that. I think either you, you have it or you don't. And, oh, well, he went out there and he kind of got beat up his first year. Well, if he got beat up and it got to him that much, he paid Manny's first year, he went out and led the league in interceptions. Um, like, this, the idea that, like, well. You get you better know, on a bench. Sure. You don't. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but, he, but either way, others might, others might use that and be like, oh, well, if he had sat, he could have been even better. Like, no. Like, no, it, it's, no. especially now, like, Carson Palmer, his rookie year, basically just sat as a backup the whole time. That was the plan going in, whatever. Career. I don't believe that if you'd played him as rookie year in Cincinnati, he wouldn't have been good. It's like you either have it or you don't. And and to to sort of go back and say, well, it would have been better for this guy if, and just flip the other side because the guy didn't work out in the NFL. I don't buy that. I just don't think he ever had it to begin with. Either Justin Fields has got it or not. This isn't Trey Lance, Justin Fields, put him on the field. I don't know what I don't know what what why they're elongating the process. It was just like same thing about even down here, the Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill, quote unquote quarterback battle. Like, come on, like what? What are we doing? What are we doing? Just put put the guys on the field. Yeah, <laughs> you know Trey Lance is an interesting one because he did only play one game last year at the FCS level, and I do think Jimmy G two years ago was in the Super Bowl. I I don't. So the theory remains the same. I think if you have a guy. Go ahead and throw them out there. But I do think the situations in Chicago and San Francisco are different. I don't think they're different. I think that, you know, with the 49ers, how I look at it, Scott, is with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what he does good, you know what he does bad. With Trey Lance, you know what he does 
good, but you don't know what he does bad. But his bag can be worked through. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo, the ceiling is the ceiling. You know, it's um, Patrick Mahomes. Would he not have been good, as good as he is now, if he had played his rookie year? I think he'd still be pretty freaking. I, th- I think he'd be. <laughs> I think he'd really think still, he'd be, still good. be. I think he'd still be good. He one way or the Alex other. Traded Alex Smith, regardless. I so. think he'd be good one way or the other. Excuse me, Daniel Jones. Would he still be good? Would he still be bad if he had played before Eli? Blah blah blah. blah. No, I mean he was. He was. A, he was a, hey, I don't know who said draft the quarterback out of Duke, but <laughs> it didn't pan out. It's not panning out. <laughs> you know, I mean, the NFL game tonight is Washington, New York. It's bad, man. Watch the college game. Go to the college game, right? <laughs> On ESPN, you've got Louisiana and Ohio. Um, overreaction, underreaction to the Cajuns thus far. 20-point loss to Texas. Three-point win over Nichols. Some are saying it's fine. Others are concerned because they haven't played up to their standard. Where are you at with Louisiana in the big picture of this season? If the Cajuns don't get over 100 rushing yards... This this game today in the running game doesn't look as it has the past few years. Then I'm a, I'm gonna start getting worried because I'm seeing Appalachian State. I'm seeing Coastal Carolina play good football, even though Appalachian State lost last week, if I'm not mistaken, by three to Miami. But correct. So it's, they're playing good football. So it's like I know the Cajuns are playing okay football, but we're not playing good football yet. No, not yet. Uh, maybe changes. Talked a lot about the crowd. We'll talk more about that with uh, with Dr. Maggard coming up next hour. He's going to join us around 8, 15, 8, 20 or so. Hey, did you did you see my video of the guy getting um, mm-hmm. body slammed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean going through the table? That was the, awesome to watch. The, tell me this, Norm. I said it last week and Dr. Maggard was in here Friday. Uh, I said it, the atmosphere at a college game starts with the attendance and the attendance's atmosphere and energy starts with the student section. Mm-hmm. And that is true, I think, of every college football environment. All the good 100%. ones. Everywhere. You told me, you said the students are going to show up, Scott. I'm telling you. they Moving the tailgate, is it just the weather? What is it the team being out there? What was the biggest reason in your mind? Because you're, you're tapped into this stuff, why the student section showed up and showed out last week. And as a result, other people showed up too. It was, it was you know, a crowd of 25,000 plus. Announced attendance, but uh, the atmosphere it's, hadn't been there the last couple of years. It was there last Saturday. Now, the atmosphere I can say with the students is one student tailgate actually is in a great location. It's right. You can walk straight into the stadium no matter what happens. Um, they're letting all the Greeks just, you know, bring all their equipment from Greek Row, which is across from Cajun Field. And it's it's an easy process on all the students. You know, there's there's busing from the, the campus to the stadium. It's free parking so they can park and get all their things, bring it to tailgate. They got out there early. You saw the Greeks get involved. Each Greek had a tent. Yeah, UPC had a DJ out there. It was just such a great vibe out there, and it's just like in the weather. The weather was beautiful, too. It wasn't as hot as it usually is. It was just a perfect no, storm. It, it felt like it felt like October. It felt like October. Yeah. yeah, like no humidity really. It zero. Just, it was great. In and the the atmosphere that was out there, like you said, was a collegiate football atmosphere. When I saw the guy getting drive piled through a, a table like Bills Mafia, I said, you know what? This is football. <laughs> this is this is what the Cages want at their student tailgate. Everybody be safe. You know what I'm saying? He was okay afterwards. 
But that's exactly what happened. And then when I went in the stadium and I saw students in the student section cheer from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, that's what made me happy. Because tailgating is one thing, but for them to go in the game and still be rowdy, still be uh, a fierce, it's, it, it was beautiful to watch, man. Tonight, it's a weeknight. It's raining. Chance of rain in the forecast throughout the day, including tonight. What's the crowd going to be like tonight, Norm? Depends on the weather. There's some obstacles. It solely depends on the weather. Now, Friday, you, don't think, you don't think a weeknight game changes things at all? No, because a lot of people on Fridays don't take early classes. Oh, you're just talking strictly about the students. Strictly I'm talking about the whole shebang. I'm sorry. Whole shebang, it does. People have work in the morning. Um, people have to bring their kids to school in the morning. I think that's the biggest domino effect is that they have to bring their kids to school in the morning. So Thursday night games are, are, are pretty rough to me. Um, but if it wasn't for the weather, I still see attendance would have been pretty good. We'll see what happens tonight. Dr. Magger's going to be in to tell us about it. I know they've, you know, he came on Monday, completely owned the, the concession issue. Uh, they released some things yesterday, which you can read about on our website, about all the things they've done to remedy it. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll get firsthand sort of from Dr. Magger what that process was like, how important it is, and what they're expecting tonight. Um, if you um, aren't able to attend and, and you end up watching on ESPN, as always, we invite you to sync up the TV broadcast with the radio broadcast. Listen to Jay Walker and Chris Lano, Cody Juno on the sideline. Pre-game starts today at 5, Louisiana taking on Ohio. ESPN 1420, Scott Prather, Norman Locke. When we come back, <sighs> the biggest standout. What was the biggest surprise week one of the NFL season? And uh, anyone coming back down to earth or coming back up to earth, if that makes sense? in week two, which starts tonight in the NFL. We're going to dig into it. It's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott Prather. That's Norman Locke. We're right back right after this. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Norman Locke is in the house on a Thursday. The Dallas Cowboys still don't know how they lost that game, but they did lose in week one despite. Well, you know, Greg Zerloff. I, I, yeah, I don't care. When, you, when you're <laughs> plus three, they were the first team to ever have that stat line and lose. Ever. Yeah. Opponent had over 100 yards of penalties. They had over 450 yards of offense. Combining together, 556 total yards, plus three in turnover ratio, and they lost. It had never happened before. And you can't get, you're going to lose games if you miss two field goals and an uh, extra point. No, apparently, historically, you didn't do it until the Cowboys did it. 
That's true if the turnover margin is like zero or even plus one. No, it doesn't. I mean, that goes for any games. You miss two field goals and actually, it doesn't. Historically, there's never been a stat line like that one until last week. Well, the stat line that you should be looking for is how many games are decided by three or less points, and then look and see if they just needed a field goal. I uh, I I would I would I would have the. I was a mathematician. I would have the only time it's happened in NFL history. No, not really. Mad that y'all lost that game. I say y'all like you play on the I'm, team. I'm, just, I'm mad that Dallas blew that game. That I'm, was awful. I'm upset that that we missed two field goals and an extra point and we would have won. You know, yeah. Making history for all the wrong reasons. I don't like old veteran kickers. Get them out of here. That's what the Cowboys did. I'm checking your league. Once you now get they're 30, going to L.A. to play the Chargers. Justin Herbert looked pretty good in Week One. He did. And we we're without our two starting defensive ends going into the game. Also. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be if you play in the NFC East though and I'm not I no all, jokes aside norm mm-hmm. you start 0 and 2 and you're in the NFC East is there less worry than if you're in say one of the West divisions well you could start 0 and 2 and still make it to the playoffs I know the Saints are like what, infamous for going 0 and 2 and making the playoffs right I think they did it twice yeah, that's what I mean. You know, statistically, they did it infamous. They did it two <laughs> times ever. <laughs> you make it sound like they've done it a thousand times. It's infamous. I mean, it's infamous. That, like, who cares about the Saints right now? I'm not talking. Well, about Well, I, I was just, I just knew that that in team. the in the NFC East last year, you had a seven win team win the division. My thing is like, if you're in the if you're in like the AFC West or NFC West, competition is going to be stiff. The winner of those divisions is going to be up there, double digit wins. My, my where I'm going with this is for Dallas, even with the expectation that they always have, if they lose on Sunday at LA, it it doesn't feel like panic. Whereas if you're, and you know, I, I don't know that it would be panic necessarily for Buffalo, but all these Super Bowl aspirations, you start zero and two. Granted, the AFC East is not the AFC West or NFC West by any stretch. But it feels like there's more pressure on. I'm just looking at two games that are intriguing to me this Sunday. Feels like there's more pressure on Buffalo than Dallas. Well, how I look at it is, you know, four games. I I, I take it to the four game stretch. Two games, I really can't decide whether you're a good team or a bad team because we've seen teams go, you know, eight and zero and then lose a bunch of games after going eight and zero. So. I like to do a four-game stretch, Scott, and I don't think any team is truly in trouble unless they're one and three, in there and going into the. So if they go zero and two, then they have to win their next two. They got to win the next two, and I think that's when the pressure starts to amount because going one and three, if we look up those statistics, yeah, it's probably not a lot of Super Bowl or playoff teams that started the season off one and three. Oh, and two, you could survive because, like you said, you, you get on a you get on a hot streak. You might turn around, and end up four and two, but starting one and three and having to climb out that hole, like you said, in some tougher divisions. If you're one and three in the AFC West, you one and three in the NFC West, you could put it to sleep. I still have to get used to the idea of like seventeen games. Not yes, but seventeen playoffs. Yeah, like no, that, there's that's a, there's just a that's big funky. there's a big difference there. It's funky. By the way, the two thousand Saints. One and three. <laughs> One and three. Went to the playoffs, Went baby. To, hey. Won their first ever playoff game that year. 21 years ago. It took 21 years for it to happen. It's crazy. For it to happen. Yeah. You mean it happened 21 years ago? Yeah. 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 That was a fun season. Man. Um, 
I don't know. This this the seven extra playoff teams. I, I didn't really like it last year. I don't know if I'm ever like it's only one year in. I'm gonna like you, give it some time. Only give it four or five years, but it's not like those extra games were like, sure, the NFL made a lot of money, so they're not backing away from it. I'm just I'm not a fan. Nah, I'm, when when I'm picking playoff teams, I was like, well, what's this? What's that one bad fringe team that can that, that's, that's slide them in there? It's like it's always going to be a a nine and eight team, or it's, it's going to be a, a the old eight and eight Bears eight, last yeah, year. Yeah, like it's going to always be a fringe team where it's like, well, it was kind of good, but it was kind of bad a lot. I think too. part of it too is like the 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 excuse now of like, oh well, this really bad division winner made it in. But guess what? They didn't leave this team out. Yeah. Now, some years that seventh team might end up being good. Last year, and who was it? Last year in the AFC, it was it was a somewhat good team. But in the NFC, it was like, and the Bears were just bad. Yeah, the Bears they were just weren't good. And I, this year, it could possibly be a third team, like you say, on both sides of the 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 West. It could be an AFC West team with the Raiders. Um, it could be the uh, NFC West team with like the 49ers or or the Cardinals or the Seahawks. Well, you get a division where you got three teams that get in there. Maybe even some are even, dare I say, four. It's, AFC West, people are saying four teams. It's Denver's like, not it's, it's a little, I'm sorry, NFC West. Okay. Excuse me. That's what I'm saying, NFC West. NFC West is stacked, man. Is it? Is it statistically possible? Is it mathematically yeah. possible? Now you got okay. seven teams. You got four teams and the three other division winners, so. Now, it's hard because you're playing one another. Yeah, that's so what I'm trying to see. Be, you have to be like well, close no, to perfect outside of your own division. Yeah, mathematically, there's probably like what each team record has to be in conference in order for them yeah, to play. Yeah, it, 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 could, it, could, it could absolutely happen. It could happen this year. But Just trying to see what, what would it have to be. Everybody would have to lose, not, not lose six games? With a, no, 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 no. Because you're playing interconference games too, so it's it's definitely possible. Were the playoffs better last year with the Colts and Bears? With the Colts, yes. With the Bears, no. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Either one. It was just, no. All right. 269-1077. Let's open up phone lines. 269-1077. I believe we have a familiar voice that uh, has something to say. So let's head to the phone lines now. Good morning. Welcome in. Yeah, I got a question. You Do y'all keep up with these, quote, power rankings week to week? Well, I mean, every website and outlet has power rankings. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, do y'all keep up with them? Do y'all? Do y'all I, I personally, I really don't. I don't. I have my own power ranking. I used to, but like yeah. now, I really, I, I don't give a, I don't care. I mean, I, I pay attention to the well, I mean, standings. I don't care well, about I power rankings. I, I just, I'm just curious as to how in the hell they can come up with, I mean, you know, week, week one, you know, you have week one. Okay, everybody plays in the NFL. And I'm talking about the NFL. I'm not talking about college football. Uh, you have to make a lot of assumptions with college football because, you know, you, it's, it's not an even playing field for everybody. But when you start talking about the NFL, everybody's on a level playing field year year after year after year. So when – if I'm going to look at something and you're going to call it power rankings and they start after week one, uh, I, I just wonder how in the world they can come up with some of the teams they came up with and the way they can't come up with this list. When you look at what happened on the football field and clearly the way these teams play is not indicative of where they put them on the power rankings. I'm going to tell you all something. After week one, I can tell you one team 
that is a team that a lot of teams better be ready to reckon with besides the New Orleans Saints is the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, anybody that doesn't recognize after watching what those guys did going into Tennessee and completely shutting down Henry and doing what they did to uh, Tennessee's quarterback and the way they com- they, they attacked Tennessee and just beat the steam out of a, a team that was a, a that won the division last year and was a, played in, in the AFC title game and uh, was you know really one I thought they'd be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. I didn't. I, I'm not big on Tennessee at all. I, I, I think their defense is that horrible. Now, well, now I'll agree with you. I'll I'll agree with you that I think Arizona is is probably better than. Wait, I'm not all in on Arizona. On ten- hey, no, no, I was big not big on Tennessee at all. I did not even have them. Okay. Uh, no, but, I don't. I don't think they're very the good. You look at Tennessee's resume, and you look at Tampa Bay's resume, and it wasn't all that much different. <laughs> A Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay managed. They got lucky and managed to win a couple of games, which and they played well. I, I'm not. I'm not. I was not big on Tennessee going into this year. I thought they were overrated, lucky. and I thought their defense was bad. Lucky. And I still believe that. Well, that I mean, we can all think whatever we want to think. Yes, I mean, and I'll, I'll and and I'm telling you that I wasn't but, but, big and I'm still but, not big on Tennessee. I think they're one of the worst defenses but, in the but, NFL. But, but, but understand, Scott, these are preconceived notions based on your own logic. When you get, yes, to I, I understand game, how that works. <laughs> okay, but did you think Arizona was going to go in? Did you think Arizona? I had Arizona winning that season? game. Did I have them winning by that much? No. I did not, okay. but I had them well, winning that, that, that game. Nobody expected Challenge Jones to get Arizona, five sacks. <laughs> Arizona, Arizona is a t- Arizona's probably. I, I tell you what, I don't know that Arizona's not going to win that division. That that team is strong. They've got they've got they've got it everywhere. I mean, if you have it everywhere, that makes you good. I don't care. You know, anybody can say what they want to. You know, and look, the other teams in that division, I'm not degrading them. Those other teams in that division are pretty damn good also. Seattle went, Seattle had an impressive win going into Indianapolis and winning on the road. You know, if you, if you look, San Francisco may have been the least of the, the most impressive teams that they had in, in LA winning at home. But those are all they just, those are all home. just notions based on logic in your opinion. Well, no, they're based on the way that they played their games after one week. I'm not <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Hey, listen, Bay, listen, but, you were you were big you were big on on okay. on Tennessee. Tampa I was Bay, not. Let's take let's take Tampa Bay for example. Tampa Bay hosted a team that did not make the playoffs in the worst division in football last year, and they barely beat them. But and, and they had to they had to have a last second comeback. They hosted them in a game last year. That, that same team didn't have their quarterback. So well, I mean, they hosted of, it. Well, I understand they hosted them in a game that's a guaranteed loss for the visiting football team, and yet they barely pulled that game out. Is Tampa Bay happening. a powerhouse? No. Tampa no. Bay's got a long way to go to be where everybody thinks they are. They're not that good. It's the same thing with Kansas. So wait, City. so wait, so wait. You, you, so, Kansas- so, Kyle. So your power rankings don't include Tampa Bay 
And that's your opinion, but you're mad not at everybody else's power rankings because they include they're Tampa not, Bay? They're not at the top. Not after, not after what I saw this week. And I can tell you this, neither is Kansas City. The only reason Kansas City won that football game is because Cleveland self-destructed in the second half with three turnovers. It's kind of and it's kind of how you win a football game. Turnover. Do what? No, never mind. Do what? None. How you doing today, Kyle? I'm not, well. I'm 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 explaining. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm enjoying <laughs> life. My team. As a matter of fact, if I was doing power rankings after a week. My team would be number one. Oh yeah! Oh, the Saints should for sure be number one over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Saints should for sure be one over the Kansas City. Absolutely, absolutely, because Kansas City was damn lucky to win that football game. They got dominated for the majority of that game by Cleveland, and that's a fact. That is a fact. I watched the game. And, and James Winston looked game. like a Hall of Fame quarterback out there Sunday, too. That's why I, I – you know what? I'm with you, Kyle. Like, you know what? The Saints should for sure be the number one power ranked team in in, in, in the NFL right now. After, after week one. Be. Hey, that, I don't that's, care. That's the Kyle Power Rankings. www.kylepowerrankings.com. Just like you would have Norman's Power Rankings. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? You said you had your own power ranking. Yeah. So who? So so you can say that Tampa Bay's the number one ranked team after barely beating the Cowboys in a game which the home team has won every single year since they've had it except for one. Well, I, mean, I don't have Tampa Bay as my number one team. And you just said the reasons why Tampa Bay won that game was because Dallas <laughs> couldn't kick a field goal or an extra point. And that's and if if, if you tell me that that makes Tampa Bay a great football team, all right. Team so right let's now, let's 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 wrap this I, I up, Kyle. So 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 wrap it up for me. So you think Arizona is going to be is going to be one of the best five teams in football this year? Right now, they're saying no, they no, no. I, I know. I, I'm not. I, week one aside, if you, Kyler Murray stays healthy, if Kyler Murray stays, they'll be healthy, top five team. Hell yes. Okay. They're, huh. Okay, no, no, I'm not even. I, I think Arizona could be good. I just, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna wrap it up because we got other people on hold. I just they're wanted to win, get your final point 12, about. It. They're gonna win twelve Ooh, more games. Okay. Than Tyler Murray, all right. stay healthy. All right, all right, appreciate Later. it. <sighs> all I said was I didn't think Tennessee would be good this year because their defense was bad. I don't know what just happened. What like, do you mean? I don't know. What, what, what do you mean? ESPN fourteen twenty and Dagum was good to hear from Kyle. Welcome into the show. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing this morning? Doing good. What's up, Josh? Oh, man. I, I was cracking up because me and a buddy at work had a conversation about power rankings yesterday at work. You know when you, you, you sign up for a website with your email so you can get a discount code? Because you only want to buy one thing. But then, like, for, like, the next six to eight months, you get emails without another discount code. And it's like... Come on, come right now and get 20% off your next hat purchase at Lids. <laughs> That's what power rankings are. They're those stupid little things that keep pestering you to get you to go to their site. It's click candy. They want you to go look at it. They want people like Kyle to be like, the Saints should be number one, okay? <laughs> and they get all fired up, and they get click-through traffic, and everyone gets so excited. They're like, look at my team. They're number one in the power rankings. Come on, man. Don't, don't buy into that. I will say this, if, if, I don't even know if they do it, but if the Saints pay attention to that, the players, 
and it fuels them to want to be better because they feel disrespected, then great. That's the only purpose I see in it. The rest of it, I think, is is pointless. But I definitely don't think that uh, the reigning Super Bowl champions who returned every player for the first time in the history of the NFL are not a top five team. They won the Super Bowl. They had to have uh, uh, you know, we'll them. see. I don't know that. I don't know that they'll be a top five week team one. this year. I mean, I don't know. You yeah. know, they they've yeah, but it's week, it's week one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's week one. You know, we have we we have this tendency as people to overreact after week one. That's, that's I mean, why. That's what this storm, segment was about: overreaction and I mean, underreaction. I mean, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting. If the Super Bowl, let's say this, the both teams that competed in the Super Bowl last year, they win Week One. I'm, I, you automatically got to put them in the in the top five. five uh, you know, automatically have to. I mean, yeah, you know, okay. I, I mean, mean, when the Broncos lost Elway, I mean, the next year they were bad. Did they win their first game? No. I mean, I, well, then I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. yeah. So but, Tom, Tom but Brady even won. They, even if they had, they shouldn't have been in there. Tom Brady won his first game. After winning a Super Bowl, they return all 22 starters. You got to put them in the top five in the power ranking. For me, I've always said. You I don't. Gotta, I, you but, gotta, but guys, it, listen. I don't. I don't care about power rankings. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I, don't it's, care. It's, 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 I don't care. No, no, we know that. Guys. I don't we, care. We know that. No, no. Listen, that's not to I'm say that I don't care about your opinions. I mean, I I love to hear who oh, you yeah. think the best is or top two. You know, I like Kyle's point. I mean, he's 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 big on Arizona after week one, and that's. Good for him. I don't care about power rankings personally. I used to. I used to get like bent up about it, but like it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It no, means something to you, and it means something to, to anyone who cares about. Everyone what, has a different. It's problem. fine. Yeah, yeah. It's so fine. I, mean. I just personally, I don't care. My power. Oh yeah, I got you. Yeah. I'll but care I about your power rankings because I because I care about you personally. <laughs> but I don't. I don't. You know. I don't know. I hate to sound like yeah. some old fuddy duddy, but I just don't. I just don't care. No, no, I get it completely because I have buddies who have YouTube channels, and otherwise, if I didn't know them, I would never have watched a single video they've made because uh, the, the stuff they're talking about is inconsequential sure. to me. Sure. Look, but there's some people that don't care what I think about, like, who looked good and who looked bad. That's okay. I, I don't care what, like, you know, uh, you know, CBS Sports ranked. I don't, I don't. I just don't read it. I didn't even say I don't care. I didn't even, like, read it, I guess. You know, I like, like to protect my peace. Oh, yeah. I don't like to go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like to go and like scour through and be like, "Oh man, I can't believe he did that." Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting to have the conversation with one another. You know, who do you like? Who do you think's overrated, underrated, bad stuff like that? But I don't know. If I can't interact with it, then I don't. That's that's really what it is for me. If I can interact with it, then I care about it. If I can't interact with it, then it's just something. That's in a space that really doesn't impact me one way or the other. Does that make sense? It's like if that you want to call sense. and compare <laughs> power rankings or have a, you know, I'm down. But uh, that's why I was that's why I was down with Kyle's call. But if you if it's just about some site somewhere that I really can't have any interaction with, and you know, aside from send the guy an email or the gal an email, like I'm not wasting my time with that. They don't care. Nope. No, it's, I, it, 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 the, the power rankings remind me of hot takes from people like Colin Cowherd or Stephen A. Smith. Like, everybody and their mama knows that this is not a solid take, but it, it gets people to click. It gets people to watch. I think Norm brought it up one day. He was like, sometimes they'll say stuff that they know is not a hot they don't, they don't even believe themselves. I never said that. Gonna, That's Lynn. No, that was Lynn. Oh, that was that Lynn. Was Lynn. Yeah, talking about talking about click-through. Well, it was you and, well, didn't you and Scott have a conversation about about people posting articles and about click through and about uh, 
bringing stuff to social media and people posting stuff on Twitter and like Nick, the Nick Underhills of the world, you had brought it up and you said that sometimes they put out these takes that they know aren't 100% true, but they know they're going to get yeah, clicked. Yeah, me and Scott, yeah, you know, me and Scott was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, but that's what I'm getting at. I think that that's what, that's why I don't freak out about some of these people's takes. But I was going to, I wanted to say one more thing and I'll hang up and listen. I really do believe though that the NFC West, if less than three teams make the playoffs, I'll be shocked. Because the, the the NFC North is absolute trash. The NFC East, I mean, NFC uh, West, no, East is not very good at all. The NFC South has two, one team that's going to make it and one team that might make it at the Saints. So I would be surprised if, if less than two teams outside of the division winner make it with the Cardinals division because there's – there's not any teams that seem really great right now. And it's not just because they lost week one, but like you said, Scott, they got these teams that have holes in them, kind of like Tennessee, where some people are like, oh, these guys are going to be great. And then you look at the team and you see them perform, and you're like, they no. They might be in the just playoffs just points. because of their division they play in, but that doesn't yep. mean they're any good. You know, like they're exactly. – exactly. they were they were in the bottom eight last year of defense. And, and it just – Kyle was comparing the Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was top eight last year in defense. Like for for me, Tennessee's defense is just is just bad. Although I do have a somewhat of a hot take about Derrick Henry, which I'll give you guys in the next segment. Scott, no, sure, just the thing yeah. about Tennessee. You see, speaking of defense, but when your offensive tackle comes out on Twitter to congratulate the defensive lineman for whooping him the entire game, I don't want him on my team no more. It's just that simple. That's that's how I'm so out on Tennessee. It's how, how does your left tackle oh, get the, on yeah, Twitter when, and say, you know what, Challenge yeah. Jones, thank you. For waking me up. Thank you we for just, waking me up. Well, no, I apologize. His exact, words were, his exact words were exposing me. Like, dude, you, you basically told the whole entire world, I'm trash and everybody knows it now. Thank you for showing me that. So now everybody knows how bad I really am. I'm yeah. going to work on it. That's, what, right. that's how it reads to me. I, I, don't, I don't know how you do that. I have said I, I for the last like, three years on this show, that Chandler Jones was the most underrated player in the NFL. You have said that. Bill Belichick should have paid him. I mean, I, I, I am not surprised that he had a, a five-piece in a game because he is that damn good. He is He gets the least amount of media coverage in terms of elite players. Now, maybe after week one that changes a little bit because everybody's talking about him right now, but this guy could be the defensive MVP of the league. Yeah, I th- and I think the reason why Tennessee gets away with how good they were last year or like how they finished. If you're running the ball the whole game and you're constantly staying on the field and the defense is worn out and your defense stays fresh, then you, you're going to look it's a lot fine. better. And look, that, that's really- not even that's not even a bad recipe for winning based on the roster that you have. But, you know, is yeah. it sustainable? I, you know, I, so, I just... They're going to win. Look, they're going to win games this year. They might win the South with eight or nine wins. They'll probably be in the playoffs, but... You know, and then when they get there, because of their style of play, you catch a team on a right day, you, you win the turnover battle by two, you might win some games. They are not close to being a Super Bowl contending team. Not even close. And a lot of now people you, have them as a contender. And I never I don't even think no, I wouldn't I wouldn't put any kind of futures bet on the Titans. Not it, when your head coach Carlin, your star uh free agent wide receiver that came over Stupid. <laughs> He's calling this move stupid. He called this move stupid. It was pretty stupid. It was. It was. But, I mean, he said, I wouldn't say yeah, anything well, publicly privately. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Uh, one more question. I'll hang up and listen, guys. What do you, how, how fast do you think Kenny Stills plays and does he make an impact? <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I don't think he makes a big impact. Scott, I'm saying right now today, I'll probably go out there and get as many catches as Kenny Stills. Today. So he's not getting a single catch then. It, well, he's what? not making if you he's, can, he's already on the roster. If you if, if, well, you, if you're not squad. giving me two targets, one catch for two targets, eight yards, then Kenny, I ain't Kenny, giving it Kenny to Kenny Stills. Stills. Kenny Stills he'll he'll be like he'll he'll have a he'll, over under this year on receptions. No, give me touchdowns. Oh. Give me touchdowns. Receptions I don't care about receptions. You don't Saints, care about receptions. I think well, he, in the Saints offense, everybody's gonna get some some touches. Yeah, but I don't even I think I think you'll have like Nine catches this whole year. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's about that's what I can get in seventeen. Unless, games. unless, <laughs> in, un, unless, I mean, unless like there's a a whole bunch of injuries. Like I don't think he's, and I know Michael Thomas isn't available right now, and Trey wants, but you know, if Callaway gets hurt and then Harris misses, time, okay, yes, he's gonna. Okay, play. all right. But like based on the roster right now, with two guys missing, I don't see Stills going in there. And, okay, thank you. Because Lynn, yes, old still, like, old Stills is, and Drew, they about, uh, Stills and Drew were not. They were. They did not get along. No. The reason, if Drew Brees was still in New Orleans, Kenny Stills would not be on the no. practice squad right now. Now, how do you feel about? Um, uh, we we got we got to take a break. Okay, all right, we we'll take a break and not actually after the break. I, I also I also want to tease this. So in terms of overreaction, underreaction, here is how here is how you define what your overreaction is to one or two weeks of football. And whether you want to believe it's an overreaction or not, it is what team have you changed your opinion about the most based on one week of football? Okay. And that, by definition, you could say, oh, it's not, it's, it's kind of overreaction. Plus, something about Derrick Henry, I don't think anyone's going to agree with me on, but I don't care. <laughs> I really don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. I'm Scott Froyer, the Death Norman Locke at CSPN 1420. It is good to see teams back out on the gridiron, and lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting you in the center of the action for week two. New customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit by signing up using code 1420. Get in on the action now. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code 1420, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL.
ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Derek Henry. He's 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 a beast. You yes. would want to tackle him in the open field. No. The Titans, they 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 I hope those practice I hope they overpay every defensive player on the practice squad because they literally have players on the practice squad that serve as essentially stiff arm dummies. Stiff arm dummies. I'd never do it. Can you imagine like the neck issues you would have and like Scott, the, that's could, crazy. I'm imagine a coach saying, All right, Norm, you know, Get into Derrick Henry's stiff arm position. Now everybody lay yeah. on the bags. And everybody let Derrick Henry stiff arm no. do the drills. I'm not doing that. No, get get some kind of robot. Create some Go technology. Go get the practice squad guys or something. That I'm is like, that. No, that is the practice <laughs> squad guys. I'm like, good lord, those they don't pay those guys enough. No, you want to make it in the league? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. I don't want you to injure me before no, I can. Not being a, a so look open field stiff arm. The guy's a beast. You know where he's ironically not all that great is really short yardage situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's people, been the story of his career. People to say it out loud in in a, in a group of in a setting, people are like, "Are you crazy?" I'd give it to him every time. I'm like, "No, no." He's he. It takes him too long to sort of get moving, he and he's going. too tall. Yeah, you give it to him in short yardage. He's the majority of the, the time, backfield. he's yeah, you were dropped for a loss. And uh, yet, I still get I still get accused of that being some kind of hot take or whatever. And I'm like, that's not a hot take. That's, People have to really watch football. That's Scott. that's Derrick Henry. That's right Derrick there. Henry. You would the idea of all oh, somebody that's that big, you know, even Latavius Murray, even though he's like slow now and and trudging through, you know, this idea of oh, give it to him short yardage when he's with the Saints, or why didn't they do that, or why did they bring Taysom Hill, or why did they give it to Kamara? I'm like. Murray's the, the way his running style of being so upright and tall. If he he'll get you the first if he has if he doesn't get touched in the backfield. Correct. And and now he gets to initiate contact first. Sure. And Derrick Henry will do the same. Somebody touches their toe, they're going down. No, they're going down. No. That's why on short yardage, when Murray was still on the Saints, they would have Taysom or or Camaro or something like that. And when they give it to Murray. Every now and then it would work, but it wasn't because he broke some tackle in the backfield. There, people are losing the true definition of a power back. Derrick Henry isn't a power back. I, I think everybody's he's full back, but he's not a power back. He's not a power back. If you watch all Derrick Henry highlights, most of them are long runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stiff arming the hell out of everyone. Stiff arm and keep going. He's not slow. You know, it's like you say, he's not a short yardage situation back. Derrick Henry is, is two strides away from taking it to the house. But you you touch that ankle in the backfield. He's it's going only, down. He's fall, he falling down. It, he does not have great balance. No. If he did, he wouldn't. I mean, stiff arming is good for him because he's super powerful and it helps him maintain his balance. It's not like he's. He doesn't have it's the not like guys are bouncing legs. off of his body. No. He has to get them away from him before they can. His and legs that's are really awesome. Small. Stiff arms look awesome. I'm not I wouldn't I would absolutely. That's your strength. Do it all the time. If it's, you know, fourth and one or fourth and goal, don't I'm not giving it to Henry in Tennessee. No. You got you gotta have them you gotta have them. Use play man. action. You gotta do something else. You gotta have them thighs. Thighs. Nah, but Derrick Henry don't got the running back. He don't, he don't got the thighs. You gotta have the thighs. Thigh meat. Y'all had a thigh meat. Like Jerome Bettis had that thigh meat. You're not, t- you're not tackling guys with that immense thigh oh, meat. God. You just reminded me of <laughs> something that's like Wingstop. You got to get them thighs. Dude, <laughs> with, 
was it 2014 or 2015 when we I think it was it was 2015 we did that promotion with UL basketball where we handed out all those fake temporary tattoos. Oh, yeah. Bob Marlin had gotten a tattoo the year Still before because the team them. went to the tournament. <laughs> so we're at the Cajun Dome, and you and me and RB are handing out all these tattoos, and we have these like, I mean, first of all, pre-COVID, I mean, this yeah, was just this was probably not a good sanitary thing to do. Is we're using the same letter to put tattoos on everyone. Yeah. And there was this girl that's like, I want one on my thigh. Yeah. <laughs> and you remember, I was like, all right. I mean, I was putting it on everybody. A lot of kids would put it on their cheeks. Someone put it on their arms. She said, I want it right here. And so I got down and I was, I was innocently enough, just putting it on her thigh. And you or Ryan took a picture and not, not on purpose. It was all just like coincidental. But then the picture, it's like me bending down and you just see my head near her middle section <laughs> and one of y'all tweeted it like that thigh meat though or something <laughs> it was just like I got on Twitter and I was like dude what <laughs> the bleep and y'all y'all were totally y'all were totally just like ignorant of like it at first You're like what like that she said that that was funny you were laughing she said that thigh meat or whatever like <laughs> Dude, look at the photo. Like, look what it looks like. And I was like, delete it. And they all did. I was like, oh, my God. It was so, that was, that's one of those just like, oh, man. You you don't, it's just unintentional humor. And that, that was funny. That That was funny. (laughs) That photo did not look. That is, it look, it, it, look, I mean, it, look, it looks because you're you're a famous it looks sketchy famous tattoo artist in Lafayette. <laughs> right, man, tell you what, bro, that was um. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know how to transition from speaking of thigh meat. <laughs> that thigh meat. If you're listening to ESPN fourteen twenty live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and to connect the cars and on smart speakers, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Get all your great groceries, including delicious thigh meat. Thigh meat. Dr. Magger's going to join us at about a quarter after. We're going to talk UL Ohio. We're going to talk the crowd tonight. But up next, what opinion of yours about a specific team, college or pro, has changed the most? Early in the football season. ESPN 1420, don't go anywhere. We'll answer those questions next. The season goes three, three, two, one. NCA at Rock Mike D. This is how we get it done. Like, ladies and gents, attention. Nas in the house with Beastie Boys. We can turn it out. We can point them out. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Like a Nexus 6. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. Uh, joining us a little earlier than we expected. Uh, we're flip-flopping with uh, 96.5, our sibling station, is the intercollegiate, the vice president of intercollegiate athletics at Louisiana, also known as the director of athletics. Dr. Brian Maggard is here with Norman Locke and I. Good morning, Dr. Maggard. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's game day. Let's go. Pack the swamp is uh, is the hashtag we're, uh, we're you're trying to we're going to roll with that today. Yeah. Pack the swamp, pack Cajun field. Whatever the key word is, pack. Just now, show we up. We got to have people there tonight, just like we had uh, Saturday. Unbelievable crowd, twenty five thousand plus people. 
you know, we need that to be the norm and not the ceiling, right? And uh, But tonight is going to be an electrifying night. Uh, rain or shine, folks, come out. Here's, what I, here's my only ask to Kadiana. Do not settle for watching this game on national television. Come out. We need to show America what a home crowd looks like at the University of Louisiana. That makes a huge difference in everything we're trying to accomplish. Trust me. Got to have a fantastic student crowd again. Great uh, fan base show up. I'm telling you, we're going to have a fun, fun time tonight. Shane Vallow told me uh, this week, starting center, he said, you know, it's going in year five now for him. He said it's by far the best the student section's ever been. Uh, Norm told me last week, he said, Scott, the students are going to show up. I'm telling you. Um, he's very tapped into this kind of stuff. So they did. I mean, that the the atmosphere on Saturday, um, and I, I wanted to go with the family just to get a feel for what the crowd was. You know, I wanted my kids to get there. But I wasn't in the press box. I, w- I was out there and, you know, seeing the student section as lively as they were. It's kind of – that's – the atmosphere at a, at a, at a college – football stadium begins with the attendance and the attendance atmosphere begins with the student section. So, I mean, what else can be said that hadn't already been said about it other than, as you said, Dr. Maggard, students, yeah, do it again. Absolutely. We need them to show up again, a great opportunity to be on national television. That, that uh, student section is the, the money shot as far as TV goes. And uh, I guarantee you ESPN will hone in on that all night long. If we have a great crowd. It's on ESPN tonight. The, the NFL game tonight is lame. No one wants to watch it anyway. Two bad teams. Watch some good college football in person at Cajun Field, Louisiana versus Ohio. Um, you know, you came on Monday and you addressed the concession stand issue. You called it a debacle. Um, it was. It was. That's, that's a good word for it. And you vowed, hey, look, I'm about to go to a meeting. We're doing everything we can to remedy this issue. Uh, we had a story about it on the website yesterday. You sent out an email to season ticket holders and RCEF members. So for anyone that maybe hasn't seen it or read it, highlight to us what's been done here to really have addressed that issue so you don't run into it again. Well, first and foremost, the, the key problem Saturday night was just a, a lack of planning and communication and execution. And uh, uh, our concessionaire was relying on wireless credit card readers. And as simple as that sounds, that was really the main culprit because uh, the the broadband uh, width that we have just could not support that. So we are going to a uh, a hardline Ethernet connectivity, uh, which will absolutely uh, speed up those processes to what they should be, you know, a matter of seconds as opposed to a matter of minutes. We've beefed up uh, the staff, the the number of staff. uh, Sodexo is bringing in more more people. We've added more what I call satellite stations, water only, beer only. Uh, we're going to uh, um, create some cash only lanes throughout the entire concourse, both east and west side. All of our outside vendors and these satellite stations will be cash only to expedite the, the transaction process. You're going to see us run some specials. We're going to have uh, you know, $2 draft beers that will be cash. We'll have a free popcorn with every soda purchase. We're going to uh, enhance our grilling stations so the the time to prepare the food and get it to the right locations will be greatly reduced to provide a better quality of experience for our fans. All the things that should have been in place on Saturday, we're doing. Um, it's unfortunate that it took that event to open some eyes, but we did, and uh, I, we're going to have a great experience. We just need fans to show up again. 
um, come rain or shine, you know, the good news is, is none of us will melt. I certainly won't. <laughs> and so let's get out there. If we have to sit in a little bit of drizzling rain, let's do it. But we'll be under the lights. Uh, again, we've got to show America what this fan base can look like. You and I talked last week about conference realignment and uh, the conference call the Sunbelt ADs had with uh, with the commissioner. You used the word solidarity. And um, just as, as conference realignment has a lot of moving parts right now, I think any anybody in your position is absolutely going to do what's best for the athletic department. That's your job. Your job becomes it's, – it's a tough job, but when it comes to – selling the program that you oversee. Whatever the situation may be as far as what the next step is for conference realignment for the Sun Belts or any other conference for that matter, what's best for UL? Well, how big does a crowd in a nationally televised game, is that a small piece, a big piece? And maybe maybe I shouldn't just say one game, but attendance in general. But you, you brought up the fact that national TV and there are a lot of eyeballs on it. Like, what what – does that do for you as somebody overseeing this when it comes to conference realignment? I know I'm talking in sort of very general mm-hmm. terms, but I think yeah. you understand where I'm going. Yeah, it's very important, right? Attendance matters. Attendance records matters. Averages, how you're averaging each season. You know, everyone looks at that. And certainly, you know, one thing that's going to make you attractive, either in the neighborhood you live in, other neighborhoods, whatever the case might be, is what type of attendance do you draw? You know, what do your gate numbers look like? And certainly – you know, there, there's a lot of optics involved in anything, right? Images, everything, to some degree. And, um, you know, we just got to make sure that when we have these opportunities on national television, that we are portraying, you know, who we really are, who we really are. And that is, that's a 25,000-plus type fan base, right? But let's not settle for 25. Let's continue to move that needle. Um, but, no, that's that's critically important. You, you want to show the country, you want to show the net that – your people show up, and that what you have is very relevant. ESPN 1420, Scott Prather, Norman Locke. That is Dr. Brian Maggard, who is uh, who is with us right now in studio uh, tonight, game night. Uh, so gates open at 6, kickoffs at 7. Um, the PA, you get any feedback on that? It's just right, too loud, not loud enough? Uh, you know, of what we, of, of what we did it, here, right? what we did here it was too loud. And now that wasn't a, a tremendous amount of sure. input, but what any input we did, nobody said it was not loud enough. How's that? Yeah. Um, like it was just right. You know, mm-hmm. you, that's what you want at a, at a college uh, atmosphere or game day atmosphere. But uh, a little, some comments about it being a little loud. I mean, after every game, I imagine, uh, well, not I imagine, I know that you and, and Nico and Josh and others sort of gather and mm-hmm. go over, okay, what happened? Good. What can we improve on? Let's sort of move forward. I mean, it almost sounds like sort of the way a coaching staff would after a right. game. But was there anything uh, coming off of the game, I guess, because the nature of it is in your job, you're going to hear most about the complaints, right? What are some of the, the, the most positive feedback, aside from the, the number of people that attended Saturday's game, what's some positive feedback you guys got from the opener? Well, I think first and foremost, the crowd. People love the crowd. They love the tailgating, you know, pregame. They certainly felt like um, you know we, we had the atmosphere that we needed. Got a lot of accolades about the student section. You know, to your point, uh, so, you know, unfortunately, the the concession, the food and beverage service, overshadowed you know most uh, of the or, or handled most of the negativity that we got. But outside of that, you know, I think people really enjoyed and had a good time. I, I, tailgating was rocking. 
It really was. Uh, people were having a great time doing that. Had a good turnout uh, inside of Russo Park. I think that I've heard a lot of positives about the free general mission parking. I think, you know, as I stood up in, was the, big time. in, the, in the press tower and uh, just looked across the street there, it was packed. It was beautiful. It was. That's the way you want it. That's, That's the way we you want it. it. I, yeah. I wanted to experience what the fans would, you know, um, so that I could come mm-hmm. on and have a, yeah. you know, an, a, a, a a take that would yeah. matter and, and, and sort of you could relate yeah. to uh, in general park. And, yeah, I mean, you know, some folks are like, oh, it's 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 a little far. And, and you had, look, I had kids and you got to walk, but it was free. And, and when you consider how close it actually is across to the street field, <laughs> it really isn't. I think yeah. I think for some, it's you know a, a little change here or there, or if it's all not just right, whatever. I mean, yeah. it's you, oh, you, you know you're, you're never going to create the absolute perfect game day experience for everyone. But the work that you guys have put in to to, to strive for that, uh, I think it's I think it's been noticed. And yeah. speaking of the concessions tonight, you talked about you know the ways you've remedied in terms of the line, but. Are there a special or two tonight as well? There's a special or two. You know, uh, first of all, two dollar domestic draft beers, right? That's I know where that's, Norm's a, that's a good. That's a pretty good <laughs> deal, you know. And and uh, you know, we'll have those stations, right? We'll have beer trailers. We'll have two on the east side and two on the west side. So students, those of who are of age, you know, you're going to have easy, good access to it. It's going to be cash only, so it'll be. You know, quick transactions. Bring your cash. Bring your cash. Bring we, your but cash. we did add, we've added four additional ATM machines. We'll have a total of six ATM machines positioned all throughout the venue so people can get cash if they need to, but do bring cash. Uh, but we will have our, you know, credit card issues fixed. Um, so we're just really excited. We also, it'll be a, a free popcorn, free popcorn with every soda purchase. And so... Uh, My kids you know, ate all of Do that, popcorn. do that. And then Saturday. certainly, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll be able to enhance the grilling experience for our fans that will make the make the hot foods better. Let me little, uh, mention a little bit something about the uh, general mission parking tonight. So certainly it'll start at the Cajun Dome like it did last week. And then as opposed to parking over at the Light Center mm-hmm. initially, initially because of the, the, the rain. Mud, yeah. We are going to, after the Cajun Dome lot is full, we're going to direct people over to Cajun Field. Right. So I think lots <clears throat> D and E first, you know, where we have the most room and then uh, move over to lot F if we have to. So so general admission starts at the Cajun Dome, right. then some of the open lots that would normally be reserved for what? For uh, RCAF. Yeah. Right. So those yeah, lots where D and E some open mm-hmm. stuff, you know. That's where uh, we'll direct people and avoid the uh, light center grass yeah. as much as possible. And that's... That's nice, guys. I mean, if you were one of the ones that's like, yeah, I walked a couple blocks, uh, <laughs> you're, you're even closer. Yeah. Uh, ESPN and, yeah. 1420. That's uh, that's Dr. Brian Maggard. So, Dr. Maggard, I know, you know, the atmosphere, Coach Napier talked a lot about it. The players talked a lot about it last week. Game was close. Uh, they all said, you know, we won, but we were kind of – Kind of bummed in the yeah. locker room. There was no celebration. We just feel like we haven't played up to their sta- our standard yet. Uh, on the field, what are you anticipating tonight as uh, the Cajuns host the Bobcats? Well, I think our guys are going to come out. I think, uh, you know, they have uh, they were not happy with the performance. I was in the locker room after the game as well, and, and I really appreciated the attitude in there. I really liked it because there was not there was no celebrating, none. I mean, you know, players were, you know, as they were circled up and, and the team leaders were, were talking to the team. It was anything but a celebration. And uh, me personally, I like that because I don't think we played to our standard. I don't think we played to our level. And uh, just as I know I had to focus on the 
in-game experience issues that we had. I know Coach and the staff were work, or have worked very hard to correct any issues they need to on the on the field. Yeah, I mean, they everybody kind of had the same message. Um, look, sometimes after games, you hear the coach say one thing, then you talk to players in the media, you talk to players, and they say another, and everyone was kind of very much on the same page, uh, all kind of echoed what the other ones had said. And you could say, oh, well, all teams do that. Let me tell you something. Right after a game, that's actually not true because – they haven't had much time to talk. And I'm not just talking about football in any sport. Sometimes you hear the coach say something, a player say another. That wasn't the case. No. I mean, I think they all know uh, what where, you know, where it needs to improve. Talking to Shane Vallow this week and and that standard. But, you know, you've got a home game occasion field against an opponent in the MAC in a very busy time in the world of conference realignment talk. Um You've got a, a a staff that is considered by many one of the best in not just a group of five in college football. Oh, you got a game America. in your backyard. Uh, they you, you saw how much it made a difference, how much it meant to them last week with the crowd. Anything else, Doctor Magger, before we let you run that you want to sort of use this this microphone, whether it's be people listening live or a lot of people on before tonight's game that you want to echo and get out there to the community? Well, one, we just we need people to show up again, right? I, can't, I cannot thank the fan base enough for Saturday. Unbelievable. That's Again, that's what college football needs to look like. You want to move the needle and start to gain you know, that national relevance, right? But, um, you know, it's a weeknight game. I get it. It can present different challenges for people. And if you have young kids, you know, you can only come for the first half, come for the first half. That, that's absolutely okay. You know, get you something to eat, something to drink, enjoy some good football, maybe watch a halftime performance and go home, get the kids to bed. Um, but, but, again, we can't, we can't slip off. We need another, you know, 20,000-plus uh, attendance tonight. And like I said, it might rain. It absolutely might rain tonight, but that's okay. Come on out and just please do not settle for watching the game on television at home tonight if you live, you know, in the Acadiana region. We've got to have you there. We've got extremely affordable tickets. You're going to have very affordable uh, concessions. You're going to have ex- free parking if you need it, right? And uh, once again, we just have to have a great crowd. And like we said yesterday, Scott, I'm preaching to the choir right now. We need that choir to take this message out just like they did last time. And and uh, spread that word. We need people to show up. Pack Cajun Field. And Pack Cajun Field. I, just, I have two dollar domestic beer. <laughs> I mean, it, listen co- again. Come for a half. Whatever whatever your time allows. Come for a half. Come for the whole game. But just remember, wear red. Arrive early. Stay late. Be loud and stay late if you can. Stay late if and you have can. Have fun. All right. That is Dr. Brian Maggard. He's got some other radio stations to hit up. Appreciate the time, Dr. Maggard. We'll see you tonight. Thank you all very much. All right. I'm Scott Prather. That is Norman Locke. We'll reset. Be right back right after this. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Dr. Magger joined us uh, one segment early, and that's okay. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. Yes, sir. 
as uh, he said, Pat Cajun Field. Hashtag Pat Cajun Field. Pat Cajun Field. You might see me out there shirtless. Way too sexy. Did you hear the new Drake? Scott, I think you enjoy that song. I don't. He sampled oh, the- oh, I've heard. I've heard the themes that use parts of it. Yeah, yeah. He sampled the old, the old school. Yeah. He sampled right said Fred. Yes, and it, it's awesome. It has Future Hendrix on it, and um, you know, if you see any, if you see me out there, some dark sunshades, all painted in in vermilion. Mind your business. I'm way too sexy. Mind your business. So you're saying I'm gonna go out there in a big way, but ignore me? Yes, mind your business. <laughs> I'm going to do all this stuff to get eyeballs on me. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I'm too sexy. <laughs> ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. All right. So. Week two. Week two in the NFL, week three in college football. What 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 is Where has your opinion changed the most in regards to what you felt before the season to what you feel now. College football, Ohio State, Clemson, that pack in the air. That pack in the air. Uh, the, I don't want to mispronounce his last name. The quarterback for Clemson, DJ, he's definitely not as good as everyone thought he was. He's not as good as I thought he was. The Clemson pack in the air uh, is a gas or what? Then you got Ohio State. They lost? Ohio State lost? They pretty much controlled their entire they, – they, their own destiny. But now – they don't. Ohio State isn't as good as we thought they were. Their their new quarterback isn't as good as we thought they were. Ohio State, man, I, I don't know what to say about them. And Clemson is going to be a rocky season for them. That's collegiately. NFL-wise, uh, the NFC North, man, I knew it, was, it wasn't going to be that good, but sheesh, everybody go 0-1 the entire, the entire division? I was critical of Aaron Rodgers the entire offseason, so that don't surprise me. With with the Packers and and his woes again beat by the underdog New Orleans. You weren't surprised that they scored three points. I wasn't surprised that they was unprepared. That's that that's that's bad. Not not three points because nobody said that the Packers Hall of Fame Aaron Rodgers who Mister don't need a preseason he could just show up and make it happen. Yeah okay I, I didn't believe that. Yo Mister oh I just need Randall Cobb and it's gonna get me over the hump to Super Bowl. Yeah yeah that didn't help you against the Saints. Oh, you know what it is? They needed Clay Matthews. <laughs> that that would have would have been. You know what? Let's post some more memes of Jordan and the Last Dance. Well, guess what? They didn't lose. <laughs> they got the hell beat out of them. Hey, so ah, I, I, all I can say is that big baby Aaron Rodgers. Rather beat into them is probably the better way to phrase them, it. Yes. So, uh, but NFL wise, Odell Beckham. Uh, you know, I was thinking he was going to have a big-time year, but the report to come out yesterday that he's going to miss his second game. When is he, he going to play? That's, hey, that's, uh, you know, I was big on the Browns, but Odell Beckham, they're going to need him. And just like, you know, Kyle was talking about earlier, if they would have had Odell Beckham, the game might have been a little bit different. But Some people feel they're better without him. Some people feel like they're better without him. But, I mean, oh, oh, Baker Mayfield didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah, he threw an interception in the clutch. Surprise, surprise. Uh, no one. If you would have Odell, I think he might have would have scored at least one. Who knows, man? But um, I'll be honest, man. I uh, and lastly, to all the haters that kept questioning Dak Prescott's arm, not his ankle that he had multiple surgeries on, his shoulder, his shoulder. 
It's on. Oh, no, is he okay? Why are you talking to Texas Rangers? He looked Why all right. Why are you doing? Well, he looked look real good out there. He looked all right. He looked real good out there. He looked all right. Um, I, 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 like, so many people have gone this route. Some people are already there, so I, this feels in a way cheating. But I, look, I thought LSU was going to be 9 and 3 this year. <laughs> Don't take it. I, I, I'm worried about the Tigers. That, um, yeah, they're one and one, but whew, that O line, their best running back being academically ineligible. Uh, the way they played against UCLA, who I'm not of the belief they're going to be contending in the Pac 12 or anything like that. No. Um, the way they looked in the first half against McNeese State, now you got Central Michigan, you got this big, you know, 6'5 quarterback that can throw it around a little bit. How are you going to do? Def- you've, you've made some changes. Seeing how much the the I, I look at the SEC schedule now, look at how Auburn's playing. I mean, this team is heading toward another season where they may not have a winning record. Might not have a head coach if if they keep going. Well, they'll have a head coach. They just might have a new one after uh, this intram- year. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think. Call me crazy. I just thought. Look, you got rid of Pelini. You look at the talent on the roster. You've seen some of those guys play in high school norm. I was like, they're they're gonna they're not gonna be great, but they're gonna be at least they're not gonna be bad, is what is what my thought process was. And after two weeks, I'm like, somebody could say, oh well, Scott, you know, what about you? I look at UL and it's two totally different situations. The only similar thing is neither is sort of played up to the standard that they had set. But you look at UL and the staff and the thing trending upward and how many players last year performed at a high level that are on the roster now and everything else. And you're like, okay, you've seen it. You know they can do it. For LSU, there's there's really – you have a couple of players still on the team that were there when you had the dream season like Stingley and whatnot. But overall, it just it's a completely different team. And coming off the heels of last season, I just – I yeah, yes. And to your point about Ohio State, I mean, to see – didn't – didn't see that coming. A loss to to Oregon. No, no, not Oregon quarterbacks. Nice, Scott. Lost to Oregon, man. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, when yeah. I previewed this game, I said this was going to be one of the most interesting games because Oregon's quarterback, he's nice. He's nice. <laughs> That's all I can say. Kid's nice. Oregon's going to be a good team this year. You know, in the NFL, I I was surprised that the Saints won the way that they did, dominating in the trenches. Um, I did not see that coming. And maybe I'm a little bit higher on them, a little more bullish on some pieces of the roster that I was not before the season. You've seen Quan Alexander, Norm, nine months, not even removed from an Achilles tear to be flying. Was. I don't know if he just put some of that Adrian Peterson, like antibodies in him or what, but. Don't speak too soon. He No, I mean, look, at any point he could get hurt, right? I get it. But um, seeing how Zach Bond had played in the preseason and now he's not able to get on the field and all this other stuff, there were areas of this roster that, that I was just, like, not bullish on that I'm like, okay, all right. Um, you know, I didn't pick the Saints to win the game. I had them losing a close one. I was wrong. A lot of people had the Saints winning. They were right. No one had them winning 38-3. to No, nobody. Um, that was a surprise to me. Uh, outside of that, you know, Jalen Hurts was great. It was the Falcons. It's the Falcons. And I, I told it to all Eagles it was the fans. Falcons. Look I mean, you were saying that last year when Taysom went 2-0 and against Atlanta. I mean, it, it's, it's the Falcons. Atlanta's bad. So, 
Yes, good for the Eagles. I'll say this about Philly, though. I think I think they're again the trenches, man. I mean, they are really good up front on both sides of the ball, and if you if you're good there, you can win a lot of games in the league. So um, maybe they're a little better than maybe they'll be better this year. But I I the reality is I don't know that I have any big reactions from Week One in the NFL. The Saints' margin of victory was probably the biggest surprise to me, which was awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of it, but. I feel like two weeks into college football season, and if you want to include week zero, okay, we'll say three, even though not that many teams played week zero. There's, to me, some bigger surprises. Maybe it's just because there's a larger sample size, but were there some things that unfolded Sunday in the NFL that I wasn't expecting? Sure. Um, I don't know that I feel strongly different about anybody. I feel a little bit better about the Saints. I don't know that I feel any strongly different about anybody than I did, though before the season started, to be honest. Strongly, I'll say the Rams. I, I, I'll i say seeing Matthew Stafford in his debut um, kind of reassured my thoughts of the Rams, uh, him going 20 for 28. Uh, it, just, it just looked like, again, he just looked amazing out there in that offense. So I think it reassured me with the Rams. Seeing Russell Wilson uh, go out there and throw those beautiful touch passes to Lockett, uh, to Tyler Lockett, I think that the Seahawks reassured me. Um, I'm still not too high on the Cardinals in that MC West, but I'll say the two teams that reassured me of that, that they're going to be good this season is, is the Rams for sure and the Seahawks. I, Seahawks defense looked better. It looked I, better. Chris I, Carlson looked better. But like you said, I mean, shocking, anything shocking, uh, was I, I do I mean look I I'll think, see how bad of play Matt Ryan did I, think, I mean because the Falcons lost but Matt Ryan looked horrible they're just a terrible team I I, terrible and team. I think that this might be the last season that he has on a, a Falcons probably, uniform many felt like he probably should have already been it's at a point now where where Matty Ice which is always a ridiculous nickname <laughs> where people are starting to feel sorry for him like man he should maybe go somewhere else blah 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 okay. where and and I, that was a topic. In the in on Reddit that was in uh, last night was okay yeah Matty I say he he leaves he's gonna go to Washington like what what team really wants a thirty seven year old unmobile quarterback it would, it would, yeah it would have to be, it basically just be like a band aid situation that's it like it, you've got a like I think a team like Denver would would yeah, would have taken him yeah like that that's, because you got the right defense you got some guys that can go with the long ball Miami I was I was happy <laughs> with Teddy though man nah, Teddy Bridgewater to see Teddy. He played good. You know what? He is tailor-made for a roster like the Broncos. You've got a really, really good defense. So you want a quarterback. It's You want a game manager. I know some people think that that term is like offensive. I don't think it is, especially if you do it well. Teddy Bridgewater is one of the greatest quarterbacks all time against the spread as an underdog. What does that tell you? He keeps teams in every game. So if you have a team that relies on defense and running, and Melvin Gordon's good, I think, I think Teddy, uh, no, I'm not picking the Broncos to go to the playoffs. I'm not. But I do think he'll have he'll have a much better season than Teddy, he did last year. Now, did you watching that game? Teddy was doing some scrappy plays. Dude, that fourth and goal? Where he just was like shake, 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 stiff arm, threw a touchdown. I was like, Teddy, don't do that again. But it was awesome. Teddy, two gloves, man. <laughs> yeah, it was the like, Giants. Teddy making me out there nervous, Teddy. <laughs> but it was good he's to one, see him. He's, he's really, really one of those guys like – if you don't like Teddy Bridgewater, I've just I've got I've got questions. 
I mean, I mean, like the guy. You don't have to like him as a quarterback. I'm just talking about if you don't like Teddy Bridgewater, the guy. I've got questions. I feel like that about Tyrod Taylor too. It's like, what has he done for you to say anything negative about Tyrod Taylor? He's just been as a person, as a guy. He's been a great backup. He's been a great teammate. You know, off the field, he stays out of trouble. He let somebody, you know, almost kill him, and he didn't do anything. The Chargers almost killed their doctors. Almost killed him. So they like, almost killed him. And he didn't get any revenge, you know. Teddy Bridgewater, he um I mean, he he sent money back and helped a bunch of businesses after Ida in New Orleans. I mean, he was there for two years and he's he's sending stuff back. Yeah. JJ Reddick too. You can say what you want about Reddick. No, nah, Reddick, he's still no flies on. He gotta he, check in before he, he comes he in. He gotta check you, in. You, oh, so you don't you don't think the city should accept his charity? I didn't say that. Come on. You could, that's a, a lot. Him, Frank Jackson, J, uh, you Drew know, Holiday, Okafor, yeah. Jalil, guys that are no longer on the team making a difference, putting, putting um, you know, effort. But you see and, that and old man and three. He got to call in before he come. He got to check in. The old man and the three. He got to check in. Well, he come in. He gotta let He's me one of those guys that got didn't get what he wanted and said he was over it and never really got over it. Like he's junior- telling everyone else, <laughs> get over it. Like, I'm, I've, I've moved on. It's like. Bro, you're still taking shots. You're still liking you're still tweets. Shots, yeah. It's like he's like Junior Galit. <laughs> I never. That is a phrase that I don't think I ever thought someone would say. JJ Reddick is like Junior Galit. JJ Reddick is like Junior Galit because Junior Galit on social media only talks about how he can still contribute to the New Orleans Saints. He's not. That's not like. <laughs> he doesn't Reddick. talk about that's anything like Reddick. else. Reddick talks about uh, everything else, and then occasionally. Takes a subtle jab at, the, at at David Griffin and the Pelicans. No, Galette's just like, man, when something bad happens in New Orleans, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my <laughs> fingers loose. I'm gonna start using these thumbs. He's like, oh, 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 Davenport's hurt. Call me, call me, he call me, Junior. You haven't played in what six years? You're not. And what did you do when you left? Nothing. He's like, oh, I well, heard a bunch. Well, they, you know, the NFL conspired against me. What? Bro. It's six years later and it's still conspiring against you to not play. Like, stop it, Junior. Just stop it. You, the little legacy you had with likes, the Saints. He likes that attention, man. He likes that attention. Uh, hey, man. The spotlight. Likes that attention. ESPN fourteen twenty. Let's head to the phone lines. Hello. I'd watch him closely, Scott. I'm watching. Watch him closely. Don't let him trick you. <laughs> He's not a Saints fan. He don't like us. He don't like the Saints. Don't let him trick you now. Watch him. He's very sleek in the afternoon. And he translate that slickness into the morning. Watch him. How I'm being slick. Not gonna trick me. I know Norm's tricks. I may have even taught him one or two of them. Not not most of them. Most of them he's he's developed through hard work. Allegedly. <laughs> That's the best one right there. That's the best one. Allegedly. I I'm not gonna. Tell y'all any secrets. You, Scott, were the de- was the defense triple, quadruple teaming Marquez Callaway? Because he's on my fantasy. And watching the preseason, I, I, I was high I on him. I don't care about your fantasy team. I know you don't. You sound like James Butler. I don't care about your fantasy I was, team. I'm, I'm upset. I don't care about your fantasy I'm team. I'm upset. You only had to throw for 148 yards to win by five touchdowns. So. That's perfect game managing, but I needed and, a touchdown and the best, to the best to player on Packers defense is Alexander, right? Yeah, but I mean, come on. Why, you got, why? Why? You know, you don't force things in there. You don't force things. You don't want Jameis forcing anything. You want to let the game come to him. If you're the Saints, that's the whole thing. That's the difference between between you know J- 
Jameis Squinston and Jameis Slimston. So if Jameis doesn't throw over 20 passes, you okay with this offense right now? Because <laughs> right now, I, this is what I said. I said, right even now, though he threw, I mean, th- th- right now, it's, it's no. He I'm threw not, five gonna, touchdowns, but again, it's 140 gonna, yards, yeah, guys. It's never been done since 1948. Even, I mean, that's a perfect game management since never, never before done since 1948. Game five touchdowns in a game. Game man, I mean, also elite quarterbacks don't only throw for 140 yards. I mean, I'm not going to call him an elite quarterback after one game. But that's why I'm calling Saints. it upper echelon game managing. It was, it was. I, I don't even care. Define it however you want. This is this he was didn't like turn, he didn't turn the ball. This over. Trent Dilford in the Super Bowl. He didn't turn the ball over. Trent Dilford. Hey, did you just say Super Bowl? I say this you is think, Trent Dilford. You think in the they Super Bowl. can win the Super Bowl? I think Jameis can beat Listen Trent Dilford in he the Super Bowl. He thinks the Saints can win the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. That's Norman Locke saying that. That's true. Good lord, Jameis Winston, man, Jambo. What do you expect tonight on the field? Louisiana versus Ohio. Will they cover? Will they not? We'll talk about it next. ESP at 1420. With the cat drug in, the creme de la creme without the skin. Lyrics. <laughs> Rhymes. You just analyze lyrics all the time or you just roll with it? No, it's, you know, whatever catches me in the middle of, uh, <laughs> you know, I hear a little line, it might stick with me. Never bait on going to it, like, only memorable lines people remember. I was like, no, people remember all-time bad lines also. <laughs> like, you're not just going to remember the good lyrics. You remember the all-time bad lyrics, too. The Ohio Bobcats are coming. It's a bad lyric. To the Cajun field in Louisiana. You got a new head coach, Tim Alvin, and I think... Put him in the dirt. Frank Solich had... When you looked at the Bobcats, I think, a few months ago, you're like, look, this team, they got a, they got a head coach that you know has won four MAC championship games, had a winning record last year, uh, is actually the career leader in wins in the MAC, right? And had a lot of returning starters. And I think you looked at that and you said, okay, you know, Ohio's going to be contending in the MAC. 
head coach has to step down in July, middle of July. I mean, shortly before fall camp starts for him because of a rare cardiovascular situation. He's 76 years old. Health first, 100%. Guy's been coaching for 55 years. And then you promote your office coordinator, Tim Albin, and it's it's different when you're the, the different you can be a great coordinator but when you're a head coach translate because now you're coaching coaches you're not just coaching your guys and you have a lot more responsibility you don't have as much time you know how how do you manage it all Ohio's 0-2 they lost to Syracuse by 20 they lost to Duquesne last week that was the troubling win for them they lost to an FCS school by two points um now you've got a quarterback in Curtis Rourke, this redshirt freshman who's Curtis Rourke. And it's Curtis with a K. That's a that's a good stage. I mean, that's like a stage name right there. No, it definitely um, is. He comes in, you know, you got a, an experienced running game. Uh that that comes in with, you know, I mean, this this Tuggle guy's good. You've got you gotta stop the run tonight if you're Louisiana. And Ohio didn't play too many games last year. They returned a lot of people, but because of COVID and other things being on the Mac, I think they played like three games. You got him at Cajun Field. Oh, it's a short week. Yeah, and they had to travel. And they had to travel, and then they got here, and it's raining a bunch, and all the game prep, everything. There's a reason the betting line was set at 20, and now it's minus 20 and a half. This is Louisiana's game to win. They not only need to win, Norm, they need to look more like the standard that they're talking about. Now, if it rains a ton and the field changes and everything else, I don't know how that will dictate or change the game plan, but I think both teams know that's a good possibility, so I'm sure they're planning for it. This is a game Louisiana will win. The question is... How do we look? Yeah. Yes. Um, On national TV... Pat Cajunfield, as Dr. Brian Maggard said, all the conference realignment talk, attendance plays in those conversations. Attendance plays in a big way. Um, get to Cajunfield. And if you want to listen, bring your little radio, your headset, tune it on to 107.9 or 1420. Hear the play-by-play live as it unfolds. Jay Walker, Chris Lano have it for you. Pre-game at 5 o'clock tonight, Steve Pelliquin right and uh, Richie Falgu. Norman uh, and uh, and Lynn will be with you from three to five, picking our games week I, two. I I uh, Louisiana's going to win tonight, Norm. I'm yes. Again, I, I what I want to see. I, I I pick them. I think I, I don't remember exactly. I think what I told James. He asked me. I think I, it was like a seventeen point win, sixteen point win. I don't think it's going to be a okay. Uh, a cover thing, but not that the team cares about that. But that's what that's what I'm rolling with tonight. Now, sometimes some of the most fun I've ever had playing football was in the rain. Hopefully, this team can have some fun. It's a, it's a, it's a, that's what it's about, having fun. And uh, get it going, run a football. It's best to run a football in the rain and have some fun. So what is your prediction here? I say Cajuns win 32 32-7. 30? 32-7. 32-7. 30 32 32-7. So the number 32. Yes. 3-2. 3-2. 32 says so 32, okay. 32, All right. People would sign up for that. Let's go, Cajuns. Pack the swamp. Get some of this free popcorn with, your, with, your, with the purchase of a beverage. Let me not tell the people yet. You just don't go up there asking for free popcorn. You got to buy something. They're going to have plenty of cash stations available, including those for beer, 
Uh, if you're Six of age, ATMs. Two dollar domestics. So free parking. Cash, free parking. Start at Cajun Field and then at Cajun Dome, and then when that overflows, they're going to start parking in the RCAF lots near Cajun Field, just because of the mud situation Correct. by the Light Center. So uh, you're parking even closer tonight is for free. And also, I've been telling, I've been all, all the listeners, I'm looking for somebody with a tailgate in the black pots, got. And the last name got to be Boudreaux or Lashley. That's the only people I'm eating from. Kettle pot? A, a black pot. It could be called a kettle. I'm calling so it, it a black be, pot. It could be plastic? It could be. It got to be a black pot. Your last name got to be Lashley, a, a Boudreaux, a Booty. What was the no, first one you said? Lashley. Lash, Lashley? Lashley. It's Cajun. Lashley? Lashley. Lashley? Lash, you got, that's my Cajun voice. Lashley. Boudreaux, a Booty. That's the only people I'm last, trusting out that eat from. What about Fontenot? What about uh, see, I don't, I, what about Bo, what about Broussard? Boudin. I, I can trust on, the Boudin from Broussard. I'm trying to get something out of Black Pot. I ain't never seen no Boudin in no Black Pot. I like how you... Lastly... Norm's, Norm, <laughs> Norm's, whole, Norm's whole approach to life is... It, I don't think it exists. I ain't seen no no Broussards make no 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 nothing in no black me? pot. A bears, borks, I see them a bears. I heard that. about I mean, them a bears and them sauces. <laughs> God Almighty! <laughs> oh, black pot. Invite Norman. I'll be the. How do they invite you? Just hit you up on Twitter? Just hit me up. I be walking around tailgate. I told them I was walking around smelling you, everybody. Yeah, you food. told them to mind their own business, and now you're telling them to give you free food. He can't make up his mind. Bobby Boucher jersey. On that note, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. We'll talk plenty about tonight's game. We'll talk about NFL Week 2. We'll have Gus on to talk some Saints. It's going to be fun. Don't go anywhere. ESPN 1420.